0: Welcome to the Writer Dojo, with your host, Steve Diamond. We're
1: back.
0: And Larry Korea. Howdy, partner. Today's episode, writing nonfiction.
1: There's a snake in my boot. Um, <laughs> all right, we're back, everybody. Welcome to the Writer Dojo. One of the only Writer at Writing Advice podcasts out there where we give you the unfiltered, honest truth with lots of, with lots of nuts and bolts in it. That's what we do, Larry.
2: It's true. And also, you know something we forgot to mention last episode because it was our um, – we did this recently and we opened up a Facebook –
1: Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot to talk about that in the last episode.
2: Well, we'll just pretend that this is the first time. (laughs) We'll just pretend that we just did it. We have this
1: brand new Facebook group, everybody.
2: You guys don't know when we record these. Okay, (laughs) so what happened was – this is actually Jack's idea – was to put together a Facebook page of – Basically, it's just a writer's group. So, it's yeah. the Writer Dojo on Facebook. And um, we went from like 100 members for the first couple weeks and then like actually went public with it. And it jumped up to like 700 and something that like in the next 48 hours.
1: Yeah. I don't even know how many we have now. It's and nuts.
2: It's almost all writers. Yeah. Um, pro Every level too. We've got pro yeah. writers all the way down to aspiring writers. And is the whole purpose, guys, if you want to check it out, is it's a online writer's group kind of thing. That's not woke and yep. no one's going to yell at you to get sensitivity readers. Um, we're also, it's very lightly moderated in that you guys are grownups. You're not babies. Yeah, we're, We had one guy get really butthurt at me because like somebody else was mean to him or disagreed with him or something. And he.
1: They were not even mean they just disagreed. Uh, they, it, they had, they had a moment where like one person said, I'm not super fond of, of Tolkien and Herbert, I think. Yeah. And she, he got offended.
2: Yeah, and he's like, "Well, you know, I can see this is the kind of place where people reinforce." Like, dude, shut up! <laughs> and that was, yeah. like, and he and like I, I, and he talked to me after, and I was like, "And I had zero mercy." And I was like, "You guys are grown ups." I was like, "What do you think this is? One of those social justice things where I'm gonna like go in there and assuage your delicate feelings?" Nah, you guys are grown ups. Wow. You
1: work it out. Re- real life is is not delicate. No, so just it's just really grow good. up.
2: We actually got people who are different experts in different areas or offering advice. There's a lady who knows horses, which was very useful for
1: a lot of people. There was a. So so people all of a sudden went nuts and started introducing themselves all over the place. Um, I didn't have the heart or the stamina to do that myself. But well, they already know me and you. I know. Yeah. I almost, I almost put something really snarky up, but I'm like, I'm too tired. All
2: I put was, uh, I was like, I am the UN ambassador from Krasnovia. <laughs> that was my entire
1: bio there. Well, and then, but then someone was really smart um, and said, hey, all of you people who've been saying what you do and what you're experts at, can you just comment on this post, what your experts at? So it's kind of this, like, Cliff Notes version. Yeah, I think it was Matthew Bowman did that. Was it, did, was it Matthew that did it? Yeah,
2: very smart guy, editor.
1: So they did that, and I was reading through that. There's some cool people on there.
2: Yeah. So check it out, guys. It might be a good resource for you as a writer. A lot just of
1: you, some. Some of you suck.
2: Yeah. yeah, Some of you say it. I'm just kidding. If you're horrible, just, just read, but don't comment. <laughs> 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 All right. So this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about something that... It's kind of new uh, yeah, well, on the Writer Dojo. I was going to
1: say, for the Writer Dojo, it's new. This stuff has existed for a long time. Yeah, this stuff it has existed
2: out. since the history of writing. However, we're going to talk about nonfiction and non-fiction. and writing in the nonfiction market.
1: This is really bizarre. I, I've done very little of it. And when I do nonfiction, it's generally in the form of essays and, and articles and stuff. Yep. You know, I've written a couple of these things for uh, almost more like op-eds sort of a thing where I'm talking about you know, horror and stuff.
2: Well, and you've done some business ones too. I've done some
1: business ones. I've written, uh, I, man, I've done a lot of writing and documentation and, and stuff like that. And, and I've been on tons of panels talking about like business logistics. Um,
2: and I actually started out in nonfiction. It was the first pay, first paying writing I ever did. Right. And then I wrote for gun magazines. I did product reviews and wrote up like, I would go to a match and then I would write up what the match was like, you know, uh, that kind of thing. um, but me and Steve are primarily fiction writers. Yeah. Well, until recently. Uh, yeah, it
1: turns out Larry got offered a job.
2: Yeah. And the thing about being a writer, guys, is you got to- Larry
1: two jobs.
2: Larry two jobs. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was Larry two jobs for many years. No, so when, a, when opportunities come along, guys, you want to be in a position you can take advantage of them. And as a writer, it's always nice to be able to venture into other areas and you don't know how it's going to work out. Um, So I was approached, because of current events, to write a book about gun control and gun control politics. And I'll go into more details on why and that kind of thing. Um, And I learned a lot about the timeline of nonfiction, especially political books. They tend to be very um, oriented in current events, which means the turnaround time is very, very swift. And we just put this uh, book up for pre-order, and it surged to the top of the Amazon bestseller lists. So right out the gate, uh, this is looking like I might actually make a little bit of money at
1: nonfiction. <laughs> but what I'm curious about, Larry, for you now in the very limited stuff that I've done, I found that the process is very different. Extremely.
2: Yeah. It's really weird. Um, now one thing was I, I had one month write 60,000 words. Which in fiction would be pretty tight. That's, 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 that's a lot. It. That's a lot. I
1: mean. That's hard. That That's a lot of work.
2: But for this, because it was a topic that I have been studying for basically 30 years. Uh, since my late teen years, I have been a super hardcore gun nut. And for many years, I've been very politically active on the subject mm-hmm. and involved. And because of that. It was like kind of one of those, yeah, you could write a book in 30 days if you studied it for 30 years beforehand. Yeah. Um, and so also I had all my copious blog writings on that on those topics. So what I did is uh, actually it was the editor uh, went through and uh, my blog before they approached me. And he had gone through my blog and picked out his favorite articles. I had oh, about really? Stuff.
1: Oh, I didn't know this part.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. And so he's like, hey, uh, I want you to incorporate these. You know, obviously we had to clean them up, modernize them, fix them up, and incorporate this stuff as topics in the book. And I don't think a single one survived unscathed more than like, Uh you know, 10 paragraphs in a row. (laughs) Everything got chopped to pieces and moved around. But, yeah, so it was a really interesting process. And also I didn't write for a month straight. I actually wrote for about three weeks straight. And then I spent one week doing endless citing. And I remember where I would go and I would look up the facts to make sure I got my numbers right and to cite where those facts came from and where I had got all my information. That way people could like see the footnotes and go back and check themselves. Now, to
1: be clear, what you did not do, um, and this is is very much like the research faux pas, and that's making your assumptions and then going and – Looking for stats that back like that conform to your Correct. way of thinking, so this was stuff these that are different new this is stuff you've known, okay, you've cited these things before you've talked about them before, they're public knowledge, I mean for well, for a lot of people
2: yeah <laughs> for anybody who pays attention if
1: you pay attention, it's public knowledge um so it's not like you were just like, well, you know, I think that all unicorns are blue, so I'm gonna go find a study that conforms us. Because, look, statistics, statistics can be whatever you want them to be. Oh,
2: yeah. That's one thing I discovered in citing this stuff is that um, anytime it's a politically charged discussion, it's very interesting to see how wildly divergent the estimates are and then you di- d- delve further into the numbers and you find what their methodologies are and what their assumptions are
1: and who paid them
2: and who paid them and you'll discover quickly on many politically motivated things that you can find whatever answer you want because yeah. half the answers are garbage
1: well it's like the old accounting joke right like yeah what's one two plus, plus two yeah it's like well, well what do you want it to be yeah Right,
2: which is actually not how accounting works. No, it totally isn't. (laughs) I mean, it's how accounting works if you want to go to jail.
1: IRS, if you're listening, uh, I would never subscribe to such thing.
2: No, that would be bad. All eighty-seven thousand. All eighty-seven
1: thousand IRS IRS agents. (laughs) You can tell when we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, Now, one of the interesting things that I found about about it is that my brain works differently when I'm doing this.
2: It's a very different process than fiction.
1: I like. I remember I was writing an article. who was I writing this for? It was some nonfiction collection of essays on horror. And I wrote this article called what if every novel is a horror novel, because it sounds like a very Steve thing to write Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going through it and I'm thinking very differently, but because I've thought about this stuff so much, I mean, gosh, dude, like how many, how many panels on horror, how many presentations have I done on, horror? you know, just like, and then conversely for you, like, how many articles have you written? how many classes, how many courts have you testified in front of when it comes to two gun stuff? Like hundreds, right?
2: Classes, holy crap! Ta- yeah. So
1: many classes. I mean,
2: well, so like I wrote, I wrote the portion on use of force laws basically off of memory, mm-hmm. uh, because it's like I used to teach a five hour class, uh, by five or six hour class. Well, it's about five hours and a couple hours of role playing, and I would. Run not, this class. And not in a sexy way. No, it was not. It was me stabbing you. That's yes. not sexy. Um, me playing a bad guy. And I would teach this class once or twice a week for several years. Right. And so I basically just, you know, I, I when I got to my use of force section, it's like, hey, here's 5,000 words from memory that I was just like regurgitating what I had said a thousand times. So when you're writing nonfiction and it's a subject that you know that you're a subject matter expert on. I can see how you could get really super high word count, you know. Oh, easy. Way more so than fiction.
1: So remember um after uh oh gosh, what what what's the name what's the name of the shooting con now? Oh uh, JoinderCon? JoinderCon now. Yeah, JoinderCon. So uh JoinderCon two. Uh this one that we just passed. We uh we had a dinner afterwards. There was like there's me, you, Massa. Uh, I think Hampson was there.
2: Oh yeah. So okay. So of the writers, and, the, the the micro writer did it. Yeah. And then Haskins. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Haskins. And Haskins was there. Uh, Rob Hampson and Mike Massa. Yeah. Uh, and me and you and all being all And our
1: families and yeah. stuff. Right. We were, we were chilling there talking about stuff. And and I, I make some offhand comment about horror, and the next thing I know, Massa's is like, "Well, Steve, what is horror?" And. 30 seconds, you know, 30 seconds later, I'm deep into this, like, philosophical discussion on what horror is and how it works and how yeah. it functions. It was like and the
2: Algonquin round Table. It just went. And and all I was cooking s- burgers. And
1: everybody, all of a sudden, like, there's just this <laughs> wall of information that came to everybody. Um, and by the end of it, they all just looked at me and they, they go, you've talked about this a few times, haven't you? I'm like, well, yeah. And I think about it all the time.
2: Yeah, if you've got areas of expertise like that that you're passionate about anyway, you've done the research. Yeah. You've done the thought. You've percolated on the thoughts for years Mm -hmm. beforehand. So when you get an opportunity to put this stuff on paper uh, from a nonfiction perspective, it's super easy because you know all the persuasive arguments. You know how to talk about it. You know how to present it. Um, If if someone's to come along and they were to ask me to write a nonfiction book about
1: cooking – That'd probably be a problem.
2: I, I would be up a creek.
1: I would yeah. be doomed. Yeah, you'd be like, Steve, can I borrow your smoking notes?
2: Yeah. I just basically, uh, I would just have Bridget write it, and then I would clean it up and edit it. Because she actually knows the stuff. <laughs> no, really Bridget's good. a good cook. Oh, my wife is such a good she's cook. She's a good cook. She put herself through college as a chef. Yeah, so, she yeah.
1: knows what she's doing.
2: No, but I'm, uh, I, I, if it's a topic that you're passionate about, though, like you and horror, no problem. You could have a scholarly discussion about the history of horror on Oh, any demand. day you want. Yeah, no problem. And so me and guns, any day you want. it's actually interesting, so Well, uh, and, and I mean, how many times have you and I had that discussion? Oh, oh,
1: like hundreds of times? Hundreds of times,
2: yeah. And if, if you if you know how to present your information in a way that educates, um one of the keys on on it and when you're writing nonfiction is is right out the gate, who are you writing it for? What's mm-hmm. your target audience? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because there's basically, especially if it's a politically divisive issue or a controversial issue, are you writing to preach to the choir, people who already agree with you? Are you writing writing to sway the undecided? Or are you writing to, like, uh, prove the other side wrong, you know, or or to them directly? That's Uh, never going to happen. I was going
1: to say, that third one is going to be super ineffective. Yeah,
2: that's not going to happen outside of a court of law.
1: And, And preaching to the choir, I mean, there's a bit of an echo room thing in there, right? Right, and, and so you want that second one? I think is is so, where the fun stuff is. So my target, the way I
2: wrote it, was towards the center. Yeah, and that I'm trying to sway people. I was also clear in that I am super biased. Yeah. I am super pro gun. Yeah, I am very much obviously on one side of this debate, and this is a defense paper I'm writing. Why? Well, yeah, my I mean, side's right. The
1: story is literally called "or the story." It's not a story. Oh uh, yeah. Gosh dang! I don't like. Okay, this is the There's problem. There's stories in it. I mean. <laughs> Um, the, the work of nonfiction, Larry, is, is called In Defense of the Second Amendment. Uh, yes. And I believe it comes out January, like 23rd or yeah, something Yeah, it comes like that. out in
2: January. And it's interesting, we are already a uh, bestseller in like, we were hit number one bestseller in like six or seven Amazon uh bestseller lists already, uh, in the first 24 hours of, of it going live. And So it's kind of blown up huge, and Amazon has picked it up as one of those promotional things. So it's actually – they discounted the hardcover price and sent it out on an email to everybody, which is cool. Uh, Everybody who's already pre-ordered it gets the lower price, which is neat. And then – also, I've never had this before in all the years I've been doing this. I guess this happens with political books. I have like three – three so far little crappy imitator books have popped up that are ripping off my name and title.
1: Well, they're like (sighs) – I don't know that they're ripping well, they're off your name, but they're, they're saying it's a response or a review of, yeah. of, of your of your piece of nonfiction.
2: Which doesn't come out for five months. And the I'd only uh, people who've read it are literally me, the editors, you and Jack.
1: Yeah, literally. Yeah. And for what it's worth, listeners, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. Well, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> um, I – you, you sent it to me and – Dude, I swear the last the last few times you have sent me something to read, like uh, like Lost Plot, like uh, Lost Planet Homicide mm-hmm. 2, my response to you is, "Oh man, I don't know that I'm gonna be able to read this and 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 chat with you about it." I'm, you know, I, I I'm kind of tired right now and I'm slammed. And then thirty minutes later, I'm like, "Yeah, so I read the thing."
2: Yeah, actually, that's been the last couple. <laughs> or something. It's not thirty minutes later. It's like one o'clock in the morning. I get yeah. the email.
1: It's like, hey, by the way, that was really good, Larry. Nice. Yeah. Um. You know, I like on Lost Planet Homicide 2, I'm like, I only have, I think I only have one real, uh, real piece of feedback for you, and that has to do with this, this, and this. Yep. Uh, with this, I didn't have any feedback for you because, w- what am I going to tell you that you're wrong on your gun well, stuff? Well, the only thing we did,
2: obviously, we we moved some stuff around. Yeah. Um. Well, so we we need to take a break, and when we come back. We'll talk more about like. Uh, how the nonfiction industry works and getting yeah. into it and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, because it's freaking weird. Well, and it's also nonfiction is different than politics
0: and nonfiction. Oh, okay. Very different. Okay, so we're going right. to go ahead and we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Cassandra Blake, an employee for the Ascension Planetary Holdings Group, the largest and most powerful corporation in Nova Columbia, has gone missing. And her sister wants to know why. When questions need answering on Nova Columbia, Detective Ezekiel Easy EZ Novak is the man folks turn to gets results, one way or another. But what begins as a routine missing person case quickly turns into something much bigger and more sinister with implications that could affect the entire planet. It seems Cassandra wasn't just investigating her employer. She had uncovered a secret effort to excavate and exploit an ancient alien artifact known only as the Seraph. Soon, Easy finds himself trying to unravel a conspiracy that may implicate not only ascension, but the cult-like cosmic ontological foundation and the highest echelons of the Terran Confederation itself. Trouble Walk Dead by Mike Kubri. Available now on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to this thrilling, exciting episode of The Writer Dojo, where we're talking about non Fiction.
2: When I should have specified early on, because like a lot of times when we write it, when we when we talk about non our, our fiction topics, we know our stuff. Yeah, we've written a lot. We've been doing this a long time. Uh, for full disclosure on nonfiction, I am a noob. This is my first foray into a nonfiction book. Um,
1: uh, okay, to be clear, a nonfiction book. Book. Yeah. Because you've, I mean, both you and I have written a crud ton of like nonfiction blog type stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, um, but this is the first I say paying novel
1: or paying yeah, book. Yeah, there we go. That, yeah. I think that's the best way to say it.
2: Yeah, so published, paying book. Now, one thing, guys, is there's two two variants here. There's basically political and current events nonfiction, and then there is uh, expertise nonfiction. Okay. Or um, like if you're writing a history book or a book about things you know that you know a lot about, that's going to be different. That's going to be still a process where you're going to still go out and you're going to pitch it like anything else. You're going to network publishers, that kind of thing. Agents. Um, not our political is a little different in that it moves at the speed of current events because they want to strike while the iron is hot. So if there's something in the news for me, it was the Supreme Court uh, Bruin versus New York State Rifle and Pistol Association Supreme Court decision.
1: Okay, so let me let me let me see if I got this timeline right. Because the timeline on this is freaking nuts. Yeah. So, the decision comes down.
2: Uh, they were, they were, they were. It was about or, to come down. Okay,
1: so they were still deliberating on. Yeah, it. Yeah, they were okay. deliberating on. It. So, the decision's about to come down. Well, they
2: were already done deliberating, but we knew they were going to announce it like within a week.
1: And, right around the same time, maybe a little bit, maybe like a couple of days after this, you get the you get the notification from our old pal Tony Daniel, like, hey, buddy. How you doing? So
2: what it is is so Tony Daniel is at uh, Regnery, and Tony Daniel used to be at Ban. He was one of the editors at Ban. Oh, I love that man so Great much. Great dude, love Tony. And, and Tony has edited uh, edited novels of mine, and um, so he's over at this publishing house now that does basically political nonfiction, current event nonfiction, history books, that kind of thing. And so this is coming down, and they're like, "Well, we need a book about gun control." And who do we know to write a book about gun control fast? And at that point, Tony Daniel was like, I know a guy. I know the perfect guy.
1: I know the guy.
2: You know, I know the guy. And I have a rep. And also, as a fiction writer, Tony knows that I can churn out clean copy. Well, th-
1: and you, I mean, you worked with him for a freaking decade.
2: Yeah. I, 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 Tony has edited many of my books yeah. going back to the Dead Six series. Mm-hmm. I think he edited, uh, like Alliance of Shadows, I, I mm. think, with Tony – so so a long time.
1: Tony Daniels awesome. He's a big Justified fan. Oh, yeah, great Which dude. means he's awesome.
2: Yeah, well, it's actually – for my book, we actually got our, um, Art Mullen. We have uh, – from Justified, we have Nick Cersei. The actor yeah. is the forward.
1: Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Nick I forgot was, about that. Yeah,
2: Nick Cersei's my forward, which is pretty baller. And it had, the forward he wrote was so nice. Oh, good. I I it didn't see so the cool. forward. I just got the draft. In fact, so I we probably had forward. to tone it down a little bit because uh, because it was like remember I was talking about like what what audience you're writing it for, and Nick was just like you know said what he, you know and Nick is so awesome, and we're like okay we're gonna Nick I love you man and this is what the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me about me just like you know taking and just murdering people on Twitter. If <laughs> I'm gonna have to tone it down a little
1: bit, allegedly,
2: He's such a good dude. I love that guy. He's awesome. That dude's a warrior. So it's,
1: okay, so so it comes down. Yeah. So Tony, they tell you they're like Tony's like, "Hey guys, chill. I know a guy.
2: I know a guy." And uh, so Tony, so they actually this this is the case where the publisher came to me, uh, and we've talked about this before. Where usually it's vice versa, where you are submitting to publishers, you are you know trying to get your stuff out there.
1: But if you're a publisher, and and we're talking about a book that's based upon. Very, very current situations, they can't afford to like wait for submissions on stuff. They have no. to go out and seek it out.
2: They in a situation like this, they're gonna pick someone who is a subject matter expert and yeah. who they know can write what uh, the kind of product that they're looking for at that time. Right. And plus for me, don't tell them this. I'm gonna say this I would have done this for free because for me this is a passion project.
1: Jokes on you, Tony. Yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> I was like – and they are like – so, like, we're, so we're, I agreed to do it. And actually, I started working on it immediately before we had any contracts.
1: Oh, yeah. You sent me the – you sent me the uh, – you sent me a text about it the day you got the offer. And you're like, bro, I'm, I'm working on this right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was working on it immediately. Yeah. And I was like compiling every article I've ever written on the subject to see like, hmm, how do I want to do this? And then so Tony uh, got back to me with like the advance. Like, it, it honestly didn't matter like at all. Plus I, I knew that I would sell enough that at any advance I would just I would be fine. That said, it looks like it's blowing up rather huge. Um, the last reaction... I, last
1: I saw you were in a in a bunch of the weird the weird all the bizarre. Uh, sub 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 on, I, of amazon you were number one in almost all the i was number once. one
2: and number two in almost all of them yeah uh and then
1: well you were number one and number two
2: yeah because the ebook or the ebook was separate from the yeah. hardcover
1: that's pretty frank fric- that dude that's pretty freaking rad
2: and and so i got the 126 on all of amazon which if you guys remember that's all of amazon all of amazon okay so to put that in perspective guys
1: that most like, books you book bombed yourself
2: I did book by myself. Most books don't get that high on Amazon if you're a genre fiction kind of guy. Because if you ever go and look at the very top, top of Amazon, like the top 100, it's not, for the most part, regular writers.
1: it's no, like Oprah Book Club.
2: It's Oprah Book Club, major media tie-in. Like the new hit movie has the book for it. Or it's classics. It's stuff like, you know, every high school student in America has to buy this book. Boo. That kind of thing. Uh, or or the The Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar.
0: Boo.
1: You, you know
2: what I'm saying? Stuff that's been around for a million years. Uh, and so basically as a genre fiction guy, we don't normally get in there. And, right. uh But I got to number 14 in all of nonfiction Jeez. for a book that's not coming out in five, for five months.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, which is pretty crazy.
1: Man, that's awesome.
2: So so it, it's blown up huge. And actually because of that, I've wound up uh, – I've been on two radio shows so far this week, and I've got another one coming up tomorrow and another one coming up later this week. Right. Um. Yeah, so nonfiction politics, guys, it's a weird genre. I can't really tell you how to get into it. Well, again... I blundered into it.
1: Well, yeah, in this one, you were, you were like, voluntold to get in there.
2: Yeah, because this is something that I've been, like I said, I've been passionate about and working on and knowledgeable and did professionally for many, many years.
1: I think if we look back on it, we should, like, our, our real reaction should be, well, I guess it was only a matter of time.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because what it is is in 2012 I wrote a I wrote an article called Opinion on Gun Control. I remember that. That went super insanely viral.
1: Um, I remember you came into work, you came into work, and things had just gone nuts because I think what, was it Pajamas Media that picked it up?
2: Yeah, well, Insta-pundit, oh, Instapundit and pundit, uh, yeah. Uh, and then I went up on Fox News, right? Wound up on a bunch of radio shows, and because what happened, I wrote this article, and uh, it was just basically one of the best articles written on the subject. Uh, so, so many people shared it that I had like, I say I was like a million readers that week and I was like 5 million by the next week. Yeah. Your,
1: your website crashed.
2: Oh yeah. It obliterated my website. <laughs> it got reprinted in all sorts of places too. I, I gave everybody permission to reprint it and it, it, it appeared in soldier of fortune. Mm. You know, it was, it was everywhere. And so I, I can't really tell you guys exactly how to get into this yourselves, but if you are a fiction writer already and you write and you've got the skill sets and you can demonstrate that you are the go-to expert on a topic, you know, this is the kind of thing that you can get out there that you well, are the guy.
1: Well, and maybe not the guy. Or a guy. But as long as you're a guy. Yeah. Um,
2: oh, there's dudes who know more about guns than I do. Oh, of far. course. But I probably write better. I write more books than they do.
1: And that's the interesting, you know, uh, in, our, in our defense contracting days, we both worked with a lot of SMEs. Yeah. Just tons and tons and tons of smees. Uh, subject matter expert. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Subject matter expert. Smees is what we call. Yeah, them. not smee the bee. No, <laughs> no. Um, not not Captain Hook's first mate. So, we worked with tons of these guys. The interest, the the thing with most smees, is that like they can barely put two coherent sentences next to each other in public.
2: Yeah, they're good for one thing. They're good for
1: that thing. Yeah. So if you can write and you happen to be a SME, man, there's some good opportunities. And and you know, like a year ago, Larry, it's funny, a year ago when we started this podcast, neither you or I, I think, would have even thought that this would have been one of our topics coming up.
2: Yeah, because neither one of us knew a dang thing about nonfiction. No. no. We're outsiders looking in.
1: No. And then suddenly, out of the blue, like I... you're 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 writing a 60 or 70,000-word book and in, a, in, a, in And I'm weeks. one of the best sellers. And you're it. a crazy bestseller for it.
2: Yeah, which was kind of like well, – I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty baller. Plus, here's the thing. It's a subject that I feel so strongly about that, like I, would, like I said, I would have did it for free because it's all about – for me, it's about moving the needle on the debate. It's about educating people and getting people smarter because this is a subject where people are very passionate but very ignorant –
1: there's a lot of dumb people talking about this oh
2: my gosh it's so infuriating and so rather than that i want to go out there and i want to try to raise the bar and try to get people smarter
1: and demystify it
2: yeah now that said i'll tell you it's funny as heck though so you know i do this thing where i i and i don't recommend this for most authors but people are like wow larry you seem to fight with a lot of people on the internet uh but yet how do you get so much work done? and people everyone
1: needs their hobbies
2: well larry you should be working no no you guys don't realize the way my brain works is I can write for a couple hours maybe, uh, an hour or two, and I write in bursts. Then I will go and I will run out of juice and I will stop and I'll go out on Twitter. I will find a moron. They usually come to me. I'll just say something, anything. It's a target-rich environment. Controversial. Guaranteed a bunch of morons will come yell at me. I always – I have a gift. I can pick out the best moron. I will pick out somebody and I'll get no a fight with them. And I'll rip them apart, and then I'll go, and I'll be charged up. Then I'll go I was back gonna to work. say,
1: it gives you, gives you your energy. It does. You're seriously. like Superman getting charged by the sun.
2: It's a power up, like in a video game. <laughs> so I break the vase, eat the diamond, or whatever, and go back yeah. to work. But that said, what? if you I was playing too much Zelda in the old <laughs> days, but think about this though: having just wrote a book about the subject, and then spending a week straight, all day, every day, for like twelve to sixteen hours a day, looking up stats.
1: Well, and you and I were talking about this when you were in the heavy. Oh, yeah. And you were looking up some heavy, heavy stuff. It was
2: a little depressing, too, getting into, like, you know, mass killings and stuff. But, so I'm fighting with these people, and they're just Twitter dorks. And everything they know, they got from, like, sound bites.
1: Some Facebook meme. Then
2: they try to argue with me, a guy who literally spent the last week, you know, I just spent the last 60 hours straight going over every single document I could find about the subject. Oh my gosh! It was like clubbing baby seals out there, man. And not in the
1: like the the um, um, um way (laughs) of of clubbing seals, like that, like that. One of my favorite memes. No, yeah, more like the death part.
2: Yeah, not clubbing seals. Yeah, yeah, but no, it was um, (laughs) it was bad. Yeah. So I, I was pretty tuned up though. No, and so honestly, guys, I don't know. I, I don't. This is a subject that I don't really know how to tell you how to get into it. But all I can tell you is. Being good at it's going to come down to passion and thoroughness.
1: I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, because, so so you sent me the advance kind of manuscript or whatever you want to call it, yeah. And and I was trolling through it, reading super it, rough draft, very yeah. rough draft. I was reading through it, um, uh, highly entertaining uh, and very tons of information in there. So I was trolling through it, reading it, and I'm just like, yeah, this is cool, this is cool. I was reading reading up my fo- on my phone. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like I'm reading Larry's newest book. Shush. Shush let, woman. Let me read about my let me read my friend's book on guns. So I'm reading through it on my phone, um, which is probably one of the least effective ways to read a to read a story. Yeah, totally. But I'm reading through it, and the interesting thing that it that it brought up in my head was, am I missing opportunities myself?
2: That's a good am, question.
1: Am I all of these thoughts. Okay, look, you know, we we get on here every week. We talk about all these different things that we've experienced. Um, and after a certain point, we kind of become experts in certain things. Mm-hmm. For you, it was, you know, you've been, you've been doing gun stuff for years and years and years. Um, whether I realized it or not, I've been, I've been into horror in the intricacies of it. And I've thought a lot about it for years and years and years and years. And I kept thinking... Gosh, like if Larry's doing this and in, in, maybe I'm missing some opportunities, maybe I should be, maybe I should be putting my thoughts to literal paper when it comes to this. And then I thought, okay, well, um, if I'm doing this and I was thinking of the, the writer dojo group that we have in mm-hmm. um, that thread specifically where we have all of the, the people talking about all the cool things that they do, man, there's some rad stuff in there. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, my gosh. These people are, are all writers at various stages in their development, but they're all writers. They could totally, and there's, there's quite a few people. And I responded to someone in our, in our group because they were saying how they kind of wondered if they were like an outsider here because they wanted to write nonfiction. And so, and I told that person, I said, don't ever, ever feel like you're an outsider in this group. This, this group has no outsiders. Like we love you all.
2: No, very specifically, it's
1: it's, it's literally it's, the opposite.
2: You no, know, it's literally we're all the outsiders from everywhere else. Exactly. They got we were all the people that got thrown. We're all the writers that got thrown out of all the other polite ones. Right.
1: And and so I just can't help but think that those of us who who happen to be writers who also happen to be smees in some you know, either well known or obscure, or whatever. Um. Discipline. That man, this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, like, did you know Les Johnson actually got a science book coming out?
1: Oh, I had no idea.
2: Yeah, yeah like, uh, I don't know the details. Is it about, about aliens? That. No, it's just about. It's like a. It's like a popular science book. Man, I'm really excited though, because Les. Les is a great writer. And a I'm
1: super bummed he's not going to be. Uh, Les Johnson signing. was
2: supposed to actually. We're we're doing a book signing tomorrow night here in Utah, yeah. and Les Johnson. Which by the was time this, re- I guess
1: by the time this airs, it'll be. Yeah. last it'll
2: week. be it'll be over by the time we air this. But yeah, Les Johnson was supposed to supposed to have been here with us. and We're bummed that Les could oh, make it. Cause he's a stud. He's a great dude. But yeah, so that's one of the. Like, he's a science fiction author, but he's also a real life subject matter expert on space exploration.
1: Or Ham- Hampson, Rob Hampson.
2: Oh my gosh, Rob Hansen Dude uh, is
1: so also a science smart. fiction
2: author, but he's predominantly most of what he's written has been big brain neuroscience it, stuff. It ain't fair how smart that guy is. No, Rob should. Rob is definitely a contender for a Nobel Prize one of these days.
1: I hope uh, we're we're going to be at FENCON here in September, and he and Rob's also going to be there. Um, you know, fingers crossed. We can we can do a little bit of recording, some uh, some writer dojo live. Baby. Yeah, we're
2: gonna we're gonna try to record some writer
1: dojos at FedCon and get uh, and get, uh, get some get get a, get some good good Rob Hampson goodness on this show.
2: I hope so. And we also have well, Les is gonna. Oh, be Oh, and there, Chuck too. is there. And Chuck is there also.
1: And Chuck speaking. If of we smart, can get those dudes, guys, that would be awesome. Good heavens, that's a lot of people yeah. who are way smarter than us.
2: Oh gosh, no, Chuck Gannon is uh, Chuck Gannon makes the rest of us look like idiots. Gosh. Yeah, Chuck is so much smart. Yeah, Ch- he's Okay, after
1: we get them on, we need to get someone really dumb on so we sound smart again.
2: Okay. Uh, that's not a problem. I was about to I was <laughs> about to start I was
1: about to start making some snarky name comments, but I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I'm no, gonna be they're professional. All friends, they're all friends of mine. I'm first. gonna be professional today. Uh so okay, look. Writing nonfiction, it's My takeaway from our conversation right now, Larry, is that there's so much opportunity for our listeners in this because we have writers, like all of our, all of our people are writers and they all, almost all of them, uh, all across the board have these weird random things that they are so freaking good at, man, write that crap up.
2: Yeah, I can't I won't I can't tell you guys
1: I don't know this is going to make you money. Yeah,
2: I can't tell you how big your market's going to be. Non-fiction's weird. It's a weird thing. And Like I said, and we're not experts on this one. No. Uh I I am a lucky beginner. Yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. On this one.
1: You know, and hey, you know, later on um we'll uh we'll, we'll seek out a few of these people who maybe who do this professionally. Yeah. And we'll see if if they have any wisdom that we don't know about, maybe actually, get them on.
2: We got to, We we have some people we know that would actually be really good yeah, on this topic. exactly.
1: On. So, for what it's worth, everybody, uh, we're pretty, we're pretty kind of g wisdom and enthused about the possibilities of this. Look, again, we're hardcore capitalists, man. Oh and yeah. We, and what we want is for you to write something that entertains and can make you money. Nowhere in there is a rule that says it has to be fiction
2: yeah that's just our bread and butter that's just what we that's
1: that's what we do um you know and guns and murdering people but that's besides what we said
2: it's all about it's all about getting your product that you love in front of the audience that wants to buy it yep that's
1: it that's all it is and you know what if that's nonfiction, man freaking do it absolutely all right that's all the time we have for you today hope you enjoyed this episode uh, all of you, Rider Dojo supporters, we love you. Thank you so much for your for your kind support. Um, for those of you who aren't Rider Dojo supporters, we hate you. How dare you not help us get out of the the struggles in the 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 pits of despair that is the corporate America? No, we still love you too because you guys are awesome. You you bring up great conversations on the Rider Dojo Facebook. I, I've I, believe it or not, I actually read quite a bit of that group, and, and I comment on quite a few of these posts, and I've seen such great, wonderful conversations happening, and the thing that I'm impressed with the most, Larry, uh, and and it's truly why we started this, we see, I've seen so many people, just threads upon threads upon threads of people helping each other with just no-nonsense just no nonsense advice. Yep. And it's so awesome to see this community that we're building.
2: No, so check it out, guys, and hopefully it's something that can help you in your career.
1: Yep. Just
2: our only rule in there is don't be a walnut. I mean, don't be a douchebag. Yeah. If you're yeah. a douchebag though, and you get eat, you get eaten, I'm just gonna laugh at you. You know. Oh,
1: we will. I mean, dude, we'll join in. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I've, I've, I mean. I've I've had to I've had to stop myself from being darkest timeline Steve a couple times in uh, the past couple weeks. The only time that I
2: is like is the only author that I like allow people to mock openly is like George Martin.
1: <laughs> well, that's different. He's <laughs> not an, he's not an author anymore. No, he that's write.
2: Just, yeah. So that's just about work ethic. That's just a personal thing.
1: So, all right. Anyway, that's it. That's all we got for you today. This is the Writer Dojo. Take it easy. The
0: writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Hosted by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song: Word Mercenaries by Craig Nidle. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchorfm dojo by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com.
1: The way way of, of club and seals.